Hey everybody, welcome to Saver Life. I am your host, The Banana Foodie. Saver Life is a podcast radio show that's all about three components. We're going to explore some new taste, we're going to learn some new things, and of course, we're going to support local. My objective is very clear. I want to try to get people involved in the community, realize that the community that you live in, no matter what community that may happen to be, I represent uh, North Florida, Marion County, Alachua County, Gainesville, Leesburg, Ocala. But the mindset is the same no matter what community that you live in. If you live in Orlando, if you live in Cleveland, if you live in San Francisco, if you live in Austin, Texas, it doesn't matter. Your community is filled with these amazing, amazing individuals, um, these locally owned independent restaurants, these local breweries, these local wineries, uh, local artists, visual artists, performing artists, theatrical performers, all of these amazing, talented individuals. Uh, Of course, my objective is, again, Savor Life. The objective is in the name, Savor Life. Uh, Explore the world that you live in. Get out, get involved, get active in your community. Realize the community that you live in, as I've said is full of these amazing organizations uh, that need your support Uh, get involved in a local charity uh, get involved in you know even if it's an hour a month every hour that you allow yourself to be involved is just one more gracious hour those those people that run those charities love Um, homeless facilities need your support Uh, domestic violence shelters need your support as well support local support local restaurants Uh, i realize certainly now in the times of covid it's very difficult they really need your help now more than ever Uh, the chain restaurants as i've mentioned before you know they do okay and they do serve a purpose i don't i don't want to get people have this perception that i'm totally against some of the larger chain restaurants but in the grand scheme of things they're going to do okay it's the local restaurants the locally owned restaurants the local independent breweries and wineries the local mom and pop places those are the ones that not only do they provide a great service but as locally owned you know their income is based entirely upon the community and a lot of these people that own these restaurants actually give back to the community you know some of the larger chains you know they may support some of the larger sponsors but the locally owned restaurants the locally owned business owners they actually support local local charities of course i want to give some love to my sponsors thank you for uh, matthew for being a gracious sponsor now of from Fishhawk Spirits. Fishhawk Spirits is the, the most award-winning distillery in Florida. Maybe, I'm going to say in the South, that's not official, but I can officially say it is the most award-winning distillery in Florida. Last time we had a conversation, he was talking about his, I think they were up to like 38 or 39 gold or silver or double platinum or platinum medals in national and international competition in the last year. Um, that's just in the last year, and that, that's not counting the years pre- previously. Of course, they make whiskey and rum and vodka and absinthe and gin and whatever you can. You can find them on Groupon. If you go to search on Groupon, find things to do, Ocala, look for Fishhawk Spirits, uh, book a tour. I don't know what the cost is. I think it's like $30 for two people, which is for $15 a person to go out and actually have a tour of this amazing facility here in Marion County. And then you can sit at the Tiki Bar and just, you know, indulge in any of the beverages that they have over and over and over and over again. So it's a really good deal. Uh, one of the people that has also been very gracious, I've talked about them on the podcast, is Raza's Cigar Emporium out here on Southwest College Road, 8585 Southwest College Road. I love a good cigar. Uh, they've been very gracious to you know, allow me to sort of mention them, um, and I've done a couple cigar reviews, some of the cigars that I've gotten from them. I've talked about, uh, the last one I did was the Carl Malone, which was a good cigar. It wasn't my favorite, but it was a pretty good cigar. And that's actually where I'm talking to you now from. I'm actually here at Raza Cigar Emporium. And I'm joined by Robert Allen from Zaraza Cigar Emporium. 
Uh, would you like to say hello there, Robert? <laughs> Good day, everybody. It's uh, great to be here. Thank you for having me on. Well, of course, it is my sincere pleasure. Robert not only is involved, obviously, with Raza's Cigar Emporium, but you are the, I want to make sure I get this right, the Le Director of Logistics for Cigars for Warriors. That's correct. Wow! Yes, uh, there you go. Right. You nailed it. I nailed yeah, it. Uh, Board of Directors for Operation Cigars for Warriors. Been with them pretty much since the beginning when they formed in May of 2012. So, uh, yes, Board of Directors, Director of Logistics. Logistics. And we will talk about that a little bit later in the podcast, what, what Cigars for Warriors is. Um, but as I talk about when I talk about this podcast, obviously, you know, my component is to really just sort of have a conversation. You and I have had some great conversations you know, off air, as it were. And this is very casual, very, you know, laid back. So, uh, so one of the questions that I always ask all of my guests is, are you originally from Florida? Like, where, what's your history? Where did you come from? Uh, no, I originally grew up in upstate New York. Okay. Left there in uh, 87, joined the Army, kind of traveled around everywhere. Did a, uh, about uh, two years in Panama, came back to jump school, uh, finished out my Army in California, stayed in Monterey, California for a while, transferred up to Sacramento area. And then after that, kind of bounced around state to state. <laughs> state to state. Went yeah. to Tennessee, went to outside Branson, Missouri, before Florida here about 11 years ago. I was up in uh, New Hampshire. Had a bed and breakfast up there for a while. Wow, nice. And uh, then decided to move down to Florida moved because down to Florida. Uh, did not like the cold. <laughs> <laughs> New Hampshire can get a little crispy oh, in, the, in, the, in that, the winter. Very much so. <laughs> and even upstate New York can, yeah. can certainly get a little crispy as well. So kind of bounced around for about 20-odd years and uh, eventually wound up here in uh, Florida you know as, as everybody tends to do so everybody eventually comes to Florida as they say that, uh, that they do I realized I knew that you were an army guy which is which is great you know I was Army National Guard myself I served four years in the Navy so we both have that veterans connection which is which is nice so what connected you specifically with with Raza's here Raza's cigar uh, this was pretty close I would say this was my home shop and at the time before I was working here, I started working here a little over five years ago. Then I was still, as of now, still working for uh, Cigars for Warriors. So I would go to different shops, being what's called an event coordinator within the organization. They would go to a cigar shop when there were events, and they would set up and get donations. So we would send them to uh, combat troops. So I would go to numerous cigar shops and events, and this basically was my home shop, if you will. So I did this numerous times here, and the owner here, Mike Rosengall, was looking for somebody to kind of step in and give him a hand. So right. I joined him about almost five and a half five years, years ago. ago. It's an amazing shop. Um, those of you who are not have never been here before, it's it's a very cozy, comfy atmosphere. A lot of recliners you can sit. And you know, I talked about on the podcast before that you know if if you manage to get here when there's nobody here, you get total control of the remote control. You know, you can put on the big screen TV and uh, enjoy a uh, cigar, and they do serve adult beverages as well, so you can drink a beer and have a nice cigar. And the selection is unbelievable. Uh, you, they have a huge walk-in that we'll talk about a little bit later. Have you always been a cigar guy? Like, Pretty much, yes. Yeah. Since the time of service, I'd say I've been smoking cigars now close to 30 years. 30 years, wow. Yeah, so it's one of those things. Some people are into wine, some people are into this, this, this. Just kind of gravitated over to that. Um, I, I guess I'm the master of all because I love <laughs> wine too and spirits, but, but cigars is really relatively new for me. Actually, only probably in the last three or four years, and I'm still sort of a novice at the whole cigar world. Like a lot of times when I smoke a cigar, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be able to pick up some certain flavors and some, some styles, but I'm still learning the different dynamics of the cigars. And one of the questions I wanted to ask, I have a list of questions that I want to ask you is, you know, in the five years that you've been here, 
or the 30 years that you have been in in the mm -hmm. cigar world, A, has it become more popular? Have you seen sort of a growth within the cigar dynamic? Well, the growth was back during the what they call the cigar boom period, which right. was the early 90s when it was showing up on TV and movies and everybody right. wanted to get into cigars. Right. That was probably around, it was 91, 92, 93, that time period right there where it absolutely exploded. The problem that you ran into right before that, cigar sales were very minimal across the right. country and around the world. So when this boom period went into effect, all of a sudden you had all these companies trying to create cigars. Right. And they were creating it out of basically garbage, much <laughs> lesser qualities. Right. So brand after brand after brand, there was this just junk that was floating on the market. You actually came in at a perfect opportunity right. within the last couple of years within the cigar industry. This is really a golden age for cigars because of the quality of the tobacco that's right. grown, processed, becomes a cigar now. A cigar is just two ingredients, a normal cigar. It, really three ingredients, if yeah. you will. It's tobacco, it's water, and a little bit of vegetable gum to put the cap on. That's, That's it. it. It's not like a cigarette where they just pump it full of chemicals. Right. So this time right now, most countries are growing fantastic tobacco, and it shows on the end in cigar shops. But uh, the original question, it's lesser amount of customers now but it's better quality but customers that, And that's kind of what I was leading. I, I think, you know, from the perception that I have is that there might not be, there may not be as many cigar smokers, uh, but they, the ones that are cigar smokers are clearly more educated on the dynamics of a cigar, what a good cigar is, have the ability to do a lot of the research. What I feel as though is that the people that are actually, like I said, the numbers are actually, may not be larger in those who are smoking cigars, uh, but the education process, people are becoming more aware of what the quality of cigars that you have. It sounds like that's kind of what you're leaning towards, right? Uh, absolutely. Uh, just like pretty much anything now, the consumer is knowledgeable because of the smartphone that's in their hand. Right. They can look up anything, they can research anything, so within the last 10, 15 years, they're much more knowledgeable about what the product is, and it also goes into a, uh, let's say, a cigar shop or something like that. You generally don't get that many people that come in and buy boxes of cigars anymore. Right. They'll come in and grab one here, one here, one here, one here. They want to try different ones and see which one fits their palate. Right, right. So uh, and, very much and, more knowledgeable. And cigars, you know, to me, cigars, are, there's the same dynamic there of wine, where you may enjoy a certain time, but it's really sort of situational. Sometimes you want, you know, depending on if you're what you're eating, where you're at, what you're, what you're doing, different cigars serve different purposes you know it depends on like i said the meal that you may be eating or the or the drink that you may be drinking sometimes you you know you want to come in and try a couple different ones and you're like okay this would be perfect with a steak or as this one would be really good with a glass of whiskey yeah i find it very much when people come in and walk in the humidor here we have about 900 facings some people are like wow that's a lot it's like well you think about it also if you're into wine or you're into whiskey you're into bourbon you're into cheese you're into mm -hmm. chocolate you're into coffee they're kind of all correlate together. Right. It's uh, micro businesses, it's boutique, it's there's really not much difference between a good wine and a uh, cigar. And to contradict that, I've had some, the cigar I'm smoking right now, uh, called a Brick House, it's really good. You have it in a little $5 bin, as it were. Um, it's a really good cigar. I've, I've had some really good low-cost cigars, and I've had some very expensive cigars that were like, 
And it's the same with wine. I've had some really good $8, $8 bottles of wine, and I've had some $60 bottles of wine that I was like, nah, that's okay. It's, you know, that's all right. You know, um, do, you, do you seem to find that as well? Like, yeah, price isn't really, well, we kind of do an analogy. Walks in and goes, what's the difference between this $2.50 cigar yeah. and a cigar we might have in here, a Padron anniversary or something like that? Go, it's still a cigar. Yeah, but if you think about, say, an analogy of like ground beef, to a filet mignon. Right, right. It's still beef. There's a difference There's between a di- the two. There's the quality of the tobacco, how it was grown, how it was aged, how it was processed, how it was rolled. So, yes, you just don't know. Some $20 cigars you just might not like. You might find something that's in a $4 bundle that right. might fit you better. Right, right. Absolutely. And one of the questions I was going to ask is obviously you have a lot of, you answered it already. From a selection standpoint, do you really sort of focus on specific products or do you try to find the ones that are a little more everywhere? It's difficult because we'd love to like cater more towards the boutique. This is how we opened up a lot of boutique we brought in at the time. But when it comes down to it, demographics, location, where we're located at, it's between retirement communities. So that's a good base of who our customers in. So it's a little difficult to bring them onto boutique. We do carry a substantial amount of boutique cigars, but at the end of the day, it's your ones that have been around for years and years. Your Punch, your Macanudo, your Romeo and Julietas, Monte Cristo's, your Fuentes, Fuentes, uh, Padrones, things that have been around for years and years, these customers have known for decades. So they gravitate to that. Even though we still sell a substantial amount of boutique, we like to have the boutiques because Honestly, the, most of the boutiques are phenomenal cigars. Right, absolutely. And one of the growing dynamics in recent years that I have had conversations with, with others about um, is the female component. A, a lot of ladies are really sort of getting into cigars. Have you sort of seen that trend? Maybe not necessarily here, but have you seen sort of a growth of the, of the, well, the oh, women? Oh, absolutely, yes. And that's also kind of a demographics location area. Right. Uh, we've done some events. I did an event down in Miami on a yacht uh, a little over a year ago. That had a substantial amount of women groups that were on there. They have a great time enjoying that. So there is a good amount of women that get together, whether it be business women or just having a good time relaxing with cigar and drink, cocktail. So there still is. Mm. This location, not so much for where we are, but definitely in other areas, yes, very much so. Obviously, I want to talk about, you know, eventually we'll get to the Cigars for Warriors components, but, you know, I, I love the whole cigar dynamic. You know, from your perspective, has the growth of tobacco, especially here in Florida, you know, have you seen quality of tobacco that's grown not only in South America but here in the States? Have you seen that sort of change as well? Uh, yeah, it just seems like they spend more quality on it. Like uh, Jeff from uh, Corona right. Cigar Company, he has his uh, farm down at Claremont, and I've been down there, done a couple events, I think like three or four events I've worked down there. Right. So you can see the Florida sun-grown tobacco out there that's standing six feet tall it's absolutely gorgeous plants are perfection before they're actually aged and turned into by hand into a cigar right do you still think i mean i know that ybor city and and that coast is still sort of the cigar mecca as it were do you think that's changed in a way it has a lot more businesses have closed down there's only a handful that are there that still make from you know when they were back in what was that the 40s or something right when they used to make millions of cigars there right. that was the cigar mecca at one time was ebor and now there's a few smaller locations that still roll cigars a few cigar shops it's a nice place to visit for history right but to get like the cigars that are rolled there it's pretty much strictly there you won't find them 
dispersed across the United States. One of the things that I've always wanted to talk about with the cigar dynamic is, you know, you think of a basic cigar, but there are other dynamics. The color of the wrapper, the style of the wrapper, the style of the cigar, even the actual sizes of the cigars. Give me an education, for those who are listening, kind of give me an education on, you know, what are the breakdowns of some of some cigars from, from the leaf, from the tobacco, from the filler, from, from the actual sizes, you know, how does that work necessarily? Well, it, I mean, it's, it's a science the way they do it. It really is an artwork. Right. You wouldn't think a hand-rolled cigar is artwork, but it really is. From the plant itself, there's different levels of the plant itself. You have the Lajero, which is up top, which is a stronger one. You have Viso, you have Seiko. So many aspects of a cigar. It really is a work of art from the time they put the seed in the ground till the time you get it in your hand. It's been touched at least 300 times. Wow. Um, from the very beginning, the way the plant grows, uh, the sun that it gets, the shade over it, to the leaves, the primings, how many times they pick the leaves off, first priming, second priming, third priming. Uh, the location of the leaves of the tobacco. Uh, the top one's Lajero. It's the fullest, it's the strongest body. It gets the most sun. So you've got Lajero, Viso, Seiko. They take these, they, they bundle them together, they age them in curing barns, right. take them off of there, and then they put them in huge, what's called pilons, and let them ferment. When you ever see a dark cigar called Maduro, right. Oscuro, what that is is fermented tobacco. It's just sitting leaf upon leaf upon leaf, thousands of leaves piled together and it naturally cooks, ferments. Right. They have to break that apart numerous times by hand to control the temperature on that so they don't over ferment it or cook the tobacco. That's just one aspect of it. Right. Then they finally get done, it goes to the rollers, the blenders, they have to figure out the blend of all these tobaccos to make a cigar that they want it to taste the way it does, the construction of it, the visual of it, how it smokes, the whole aspects of that. So it is a work of art from seed to box. From seed to box, you're looking anywhere, could be three years, could be four years, wow. could be 10 years before it's in your hands. Okay. Wow, that's unbelievable. And, and again, that's part of the passion of the component. People realize that you know, if you go to you know, any locally owned business, but in the cigar dynamic, you know, the cigar that you're smoking, like you said, it was created because of the passion of thousands of people who had at some point their involvement in some component of it. Um, whether, you know, from like you said, from the seed to the box, it, it, it's a process. To me, that passion is sort of the element of the show, the whole Savor Life dynamic of, of realize that, man, there's people in your community that are like, well, what do you do for a living? Uh, you know, I, I grow tobacco. Okay, well, you know, cool. And then you start realizing, oh my God, like it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week of growing and cultivating and maintaining because you want to create a product that pleases the customer. You know, it's the same conversation I had with Matthew. The time he spends creating the whiskey and the, and the spirits is because he wants his customers to be satisfied. The large restaurants and the large places like that, their dynamic is different. They just want to shuffle people in and out, and, you know, whatever. Their quality aspect is a little different, and I'll completely digress. Another component is educate people on the whole Cuban cigar thing because a lot of people have this perception that Cuban cigars are the best. There's really sort of a misleading concept of that. It is like the forbidden fruit. <laughs> right. Like if we use like an analogy, say Coors. Mm -hmm. Years ago, you know, you could only get Coors in a certain location. Everybody's like, oh, got to get Coors. It's the best. Got to get it, got to get it, got to get it. Then they finally got it and go, okay, it's a beer. <laughs> it's, it's a beer. All right. Yeah. Same thing with uh, Cuban cigars. At one time, Cuba was the mecca of, you know, cigars. They've been around there since I think like the 1400s. Right. Um, now, really, it's Nicaragua, 
they they create the most tobacco now is Nicaragua and Dominican Republic. Right. Honduras behind that. I was going to say, I think Honduras is on that list as well. Yeah, if you really think about it, okay, Cuba is a communist nation. These other nations that are growing, Patron and my father and companies like that, they care about from the soil to the seed to the plant the right. entire time. Their employees care about it. In Cuba, if you look at that, it's all state-run individuals. They don't have any choice of what they do. Another aspect also is, could be wrong, but I'm going to go with this, is it's Cuba. It's very difficult to get pesticides. It's very difficult to get fertilizer. You're using this same soil for decades. How can you grow anything within that same ground if you're not able to put nutrients back into it? Right. And part, part of that process is cultivating the soil. Right. Like you said, sim- the simple process of, of cultivating the soil and, and reclaiming the soil supply for the new growth of crops, um, something that sounds so trivial, but it really yields. You know, farmers do it here in the United States. They, you know, they know the difference between crop after crop, season after season. If they tend the soil, even before they put the seeds in the ground, the soil has to be right. Yeah. If, uh, just to give you an idea, as we spoke about earlier, Jeff from Corona's Cigar Company, so he has his tobacco farm in Claremont. To fertilize that soil there, he actually gets horse manure from here in Ocala right. shipped over to him. So he puts that into the ground for fertilization. Whether Cuba does that, don't know. It's don't a know. communist nation. We just know from experience that there's issues with draw on it, there's issues with quality of cigars. You might have a fantastic one. And in the same box, not so much. Not so, much. so I want to talk cigars. From your perspective, what is the cigar that people love the most? Do they want something very smooth, or do they want something bold, or you know, is it is it an individualized palate thing? Uh, I think we have two dynamics here. One or more of the traditional. Most of your traditional cigars that you hear of day in day out, your Fuentes, your Monte Cristo, things like that, were more blended towards the milder side. So you get people come in and want the Connecticut shade wrapped. And that's more of a milder cigar, creamy cigar. Then when you moved into, within the last several years, boutiques, just like in like boutique wine and things right. along that line, you're really boosting up that uh, flavor, the strength, things along that line. So we have two dynamics. One, they come in, they get their mild ones. Then there is uh, quite a bit now of medium. Basically on a cigar, you have mild, medium, medium plus, full-bodied. So it covers a gamut of what you want. If you want a cigar that's peppery, if you want one that's mild, smooth, creamy, one that's woody, something that you might think of along the lines of, uh, I like red wine with tannin. I just like that fuller. So I want something that's fuller bodied, where they don't really say tannins on cigars, but I like that mouthfeel of that to uh, correlate with the wine. So having, you know, 900 offerings here, We've got that full gamut, uh, and I share that same. You know, I'm I'm a Merlot guy. I, I you know I love the the darker red wine, and and in my cigars I also love that sort of heavy leathery, you know, oaky. I hate to make the comparison between like a Merlot and a cigar, but uh, I like that heavier sort of a bold flavor where there's a t- an aftertaste to it. You know, where you're sort of finishing the cigar, and one of the things I've talked about in the cigar reviews that I've done is you know cigars. To me, and hopefully you'll confirm it, so I haven't been talking out of my ass for the last couple couple months. But to me, there's like three components of the cigar: the the first third, the middle third, and then the final third of the cigar. Sometimes there's different flavors. Even one cigar may present different flavors among that. Cigar. Exactly, it's how they blend the cigars. Some cigars are traditional. When you light it up, it's consistent. 
from when you light it up to when you finish it, which could be an hour, two hours later, depending on the size of the cigar and you have time for it. Right. Then there's other ones that definitely, they blend it to do that. So by the end of it, that last little nub at the end, you're finding much more strength, right. much more flavor. Um, so yeah, it's definitely within the uh, blender's control as to how they do that on a cigar. So another question I have, what is the biggest cigar mistake people make? Not having a humidor, leaving it in the oh. sun. What is the biggest reason somebody comes on and says, man, this cigar... I can cigar- give you a couple. Okay. <laughs> okay, first and foremost, if you have a humidor, make sure it's humidified. Put some type of a humidification unit in it. Just because you have a humid- uh, humidor doesn't mean it's magically going to keep <laughs> those cigars moist. A cigar is made to be at what's called 70-70. 70% humidity, 70 degrees. If you can get it somewhere within that, you're fine. You don't want it full blasting in the sun. Right. Another huge mistake, somebody will go, oh, I'm taking these cigars and throw it in my refrigerator. Do Ooh. not put them in your refrigerator. I, why would, I would your ne- refrigerator I would dehumidify them. Oh. So you don't want to do that. Another huge mistake too we've had with customers is if you don't finish a cigar, if you're gonna come back to it shortly and light it back right. up, that's fine. If you're gonna leave it till the next day, it's gonna taste horrible. But do not take that lit cigar when it's out and put it back into your humidor. You just ruined every cigar that you have in there. Oh, You're yeah. gonna be infused with just a smoky, nasty aroma. Concept of putting it in the refrigerator never never even crossed you my mind. You get quite a pe- bit of people that do that. Unbelievable, I, yeah. I, I've learned, you see, one of the things on the podcast I said is we're gonna learn new things. I've learned people put cigars in the refrigerator. And I know that like in the Florida heat, people will leave a cigar probably in the car you know, for hours and hours and hours, and they'll come back and they smoke it, and it's like, man, this cigar, I don't know what happened. Like, it just It's just cra- it's falling, falling apart. apart. Yeah, it's falling apart. And you just put it in full sun, it's sitting in 100 degrees with no humidity, it just... Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of another thing that happened. About a month ago, I actually had a cigar here that as I was smoking it, it started burning in the middle, which was weird. Like, the top part of the cigar was intact, and in the middle there was a little burn hole that was coming out of it. What's that about? Oh, it might have been canoeing or something. The issue you have with with cigars, and you have to remember, it's 100% handmade product, natural leaf. So most of the time, cigars will, you know, work correctly. Once in a blue moon, there might be an issue with one. Human error. It's just, you know, human error, or it's just, you know, the leaf itself. They try their best to make a product. And once in a blue moon, something does happen. Right. You can like maybe put the cigar down for a little while, and it'll correct itself. Or you can use a lighter and touch it up, or something like that. Right. But it's not too often that you get one that's just, oh, that's just it's not doing what it's supposed to do. Right. If it's kept under the right circumstances, then it, it should. should be fine, and it should correct itself. And, and I've noticed some cigars I light once, and if, as long as I'm maintaining it and, and smoking on it and enjoying it. It stays lit. Every now and then I'll come across a cigar that I have to kind of keep fiddling with to, to get it relit. And A couple other issues also in regards to cigars, kind of like don'ts. One of them is don't, like, power it down. Right. Maybe once a minute, once every 30 seconds, you know. You just don't want to puff, 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 puff. Right, right. You've overheated it. It's not going to taste good. It's just not an enjoyable experience. To sit down and relax and take the time to smoke a cigar is a relaxing right. environment. Right. Uh, that and also how you cut a cigar. If you cut a cigar too deep, it will start to unravel with you. You just want to do maybe an eighth of an inch, just right. a little bit enough to get a draw, that's it. If you're whacking off a half inch on it, you've just ruined that <laughs> just cigar. Ruined 
something else that I have learned, you just basically talked about it. Just cut a little, just cut enough to where you can get, you know, a, almost a cigarette size hole in the end, just enough to where you can get a draw. Uh, if you cut the entire end out of it, it really changes the, you know, again, it's something so simple, um, but it, it changes the cigar. And, and like you said, I, I love coming to Raza Cigar Emporium because it, it you can sit for an hour and two, two hours in the, in the AC and enjoy a nice cigar and, and have a beer and, and hang out and there was one more question I was going to ask you. I totally forgot what it was. But <laughs> we can come back to we'll, that. We'll come back to it. <laughs> so, talking a little bit about cigars for warriors. What you know, as as a military, both military people, uh, obviously, obviously the veteran component is something very important to me. And I just want to find out, you know, how did you become involved, and in what actually is cigar for warriors? What is how does that work? Okay, cigars for warriors is the only IRS approved five hundred one c three of what we do. Our core mission is to provide cigar care packages to men and women that are serving in combat zones, warships, and long-term deployment. We've been doing it since May of 2012, and to date we've shipped out 1.1 million cigars, of which everything is donated. The cigars are donated, we've never purchased a cigar, and the cash that we received predominantly is used for the postage to ship to the uh, troops. So how did you initially become involved with that? It just kind of fell into it? You just had a conversation with somebody? or did? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I had a conversation with another uh, uh, cigar-smoking friend. And in 2012, there's, there's so many groups on Facebook. If there's anything that, you know, from motorcycles to wines, whatever, you will find a group on Facebook. Nonetheless, in its infancy, back about uh, 2012, there's a, a group on Facebook called CATS, which stands for Cigar Aficionado Trade and Sales. The trade and sales, you can no longer do with tobacco right. on Facebook. At the time, you could. So the members in CATS, which was about a dozen people, most of them veterans, decided that they wanted to give back to these troops because they were finding out that people in combat zones, one of the top requested things was to have cigars at the end of the day. Being in Afghanistan in a sandbox, you know, after the mission at the end of the day, they wanted to relax and they wanted premium cigars and you cannot get a single cigar in Afghanistan. That's not going to happen. So it started in its infancy in 2012. And at the time, cigar manufacturers a little bit more and more got on board with us. And we eventually became an IRS 501c3 nonprofit. I believe that was in 2015. And then it exploded. We were receiving, in one month alone, I received in one month, December of, I think it was, 2015, 110,000 cigars in one month. Wow. Pallets. Pallets of cigars. Yep. And I've seen the Facebook post, um, you know, Cigars for Warriors has a Facebook page, and I often you will show pictures of the troops abroad, uh, wherever they may be, enjoying the donated cigars, which to me has to sort of warm your heart a little bit, that, that somebody is, you know, tens of thousands of miles away enjoying something that you put in a box and, and, and ship to them. And uh, part of the things that you also put is like, I don't know, I don't know how often it is, maybe once a week, maybe twice a week, uh, you show these boxes and boxes, UPS boxes that are going to destinations. Do you, you know, as the logistics component of it, do you select where the particular shipments are going each time? Or is it sort of, you know, do you get requests from military chains of commands that say, you know, send it to us? Or do you have sort of a list of places that you sort of send them to? How, from the logistical aspect of it, how do you make sure it gets to where it needs to go? What happens is the way we work as an organization uh, through the IRS is it has to be a uh, personal request. So let's say Joe or Jane Smith is in Afghanistan or a warship. Mm -hmm. They go on cigarsforwarriors.org and they fill out the information. 
I receive the information, I verify that they are in a combat zone and they get in queue for a care package. Right. How it works is uh, generally once or twice a week we send care packages out about 100, uh, generally about 100 care packages a week. Uh, in the care package is 25 cigars, uh, a magazine, Cigar Press magazine. We've got Zycar as a corporate sponsor. We have Bovida humidity packets okay. as a corporate sponsor. So when they get the care package, the humidity is right where it needs to be. So an individual gets 25 cigars and they also get a note that they need to split that within their unit and if security reasons possible, if they can send back pictures to us and that's how we get the growth because we push it through social media. And they send you a photograph that talks about, you know, that sort of confirms that, you know, they are, you know, they are veterans abroad. Is it really just combat zone or can, you know, is it just we do, stationed overseas? Uh, no, we, we center towards combat zones. The reason why is this, and people really don't think about this. For what we do, you wouldn't think about a cigar. Okay, some people's cigar is unhealthy, blah, blah, right. yuck, whatever. It really helps with the beginning of PTSD mm -hmm. there. For these men and women to sit down and unwind and light up a cigar, and talk about the daily stress that goes on. A lot of them, what they do over there is they take their rank off. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what their rank is when they're lighting up a cigar. They want to be able to decompress. There might not be many things, maybe playing cards or something like that, but we've noticed within the eight years now, time and time again, this really helps with the mental situation over there of what they have to put up with. And, and somebody that is a combat veteran myself, somebody who you know is actively involved in, in some charity organizations, uh, less than 22, you know, primarily um, is a charity organization, a 5013C here in Ocala, that in Marion County, whose objective is to reduce the veteran suicide rate, which is currently 22 a day, which is an, an alarming number. One of the things that we talk about as a group is the simple, sometimes sitting around and having a conversation with other combat veterans, whether it's over a meal, whether it's over a cigar, the therapy, and the veterans don't even realize they're getting that therapy, perception they're just having a conversation, but it's extremely therapeutic to just sit down for an hour or so and have a conversation with somebody that can share the same experiences, the same struggles, the same dynamics that, you know, that has witnessed some of the, the horrors of war, the casualties of war. And like you said, you know, from them in a combat zone, you know, to come back from a mission to, you know, that, you know, there's nothing worse than committing hours of your day in chaos and stress and then coming back to having to having nothing to do in a sense of like you know the only thing you can do is sit around and think about it well here like you said you know they can enjoy a cigar they can hang out with their with their their shipmates or their other comrades and, and just kind of talk about what took place that day and it's very therapeutic well we get a substantial amount of requests through the past eight years from chaplains yeah whether an individual over there might not be religious what have you but the chaplain will take the cigars and they'll open up that door of dialect mm -hmm to be able to reduce that stress. That's so, you know, on health, I've had people go, oh my God, you're sending cigars, that's, that's horrible for them. But when you think about it, we, we send them a box of 25 cigars. They split it in their unit. They might get one cigar every couple months. Right. That's it. Yeah. So the health aspects, not so that's, much compared that's to that's reaching because you know if you've ever eaten an MRE, you, yes. you know you're not <laughs> health is relative as it were. Yeah, um, and you know when I served in the Navy, everybody on the ship I was served on board the battleship Missouri. We served during Desert Storm, and you know there's 1,500 sailors on this ship. In the military, especially in times of war, but on a warship, cigarettes were the currency. Cigarettes were the you know. So you talk about the health of a cigar to a to a soldier and or a sailor. 
the only time I ever smoked cigarettes in my life was the four years I spent in the Navy because, you know, that was the, the conversation piece. You know, can I bum a cigarette? Do you have a cigarette? You know, there were 50 cents a pack when we were, you know, at sea. Um, so it was a cheap way to, you know, pass the time, have a cigarette. And when I got out of the military, you know, I was 20, whatever, 20, not even, tw- I was only 21 years old when I got out of the Navy. Uh, I just never smoked again. <laughs> like I never smoked. And it was really not until, you know, the few uh, few years ago that I really sort of got into the cigar connection. And so you talk about, you know, people complain or people concerned about the health of a pack of 25 that they're getting once they distribute it, you know, may have one or two every few months. So it's not, you know, it's not that much of an ordeal. You know, we talked, you know, sort of off air about, you know, that difference, um, that cigar dynamic of, if you enjoy a fine cigar, you know, once in a while, once a week, once a month, enjoying a good book or if I, and and enjoying a good drink, or if I'm sitting out on a nice pat on the patio on a nice summer's evening, you know, it's just something to really enjoy. And I just kind of want your thoughts, like on on, do you share that same kind of dynamic of the cigar in the cigar world? Absolutely. Like Mike here, the owner says, it makes you relax. Yeah. You sit down, you light up a cigar. If there's other company in our shop here. The dynamics of who they are, real estate agent, insurance, a CEO, somebody works on cars, it doesn't matter. You both have that love of the leaf, right. and you can have a conversation about anything in here, and it won't be arguments right. on that. Uh, and and I've been here on, on crowded nights, and everybody's been very gracious and to say hello, and we talk about who, where we are a lot. You know, there's a veteran aspect of it, but there's also the business aspect of it. You know, again, we're in the retirement community, so a lot of people are very transitory. You know, they, they've come from other places. And, you know, I grew up in Ohio, and, you know, I, last time I was here a couple of weeks ago, connected with a guy that grew up nearly in the same city that I did, and it was kind of nice to have a conversation. And if you don't want to engage and have a conversation with some of the people, you can certainly just sit and relax in a nice recliner and, and just enjoy a nice stick for, uh, you know, an hour, 45 minutes, or however long it takes you. And, you know, we all live in the digital world, so if sometimes I'll just get on my phone and, and you know, watch some videos and just kind of learn some new things and just enjoy a nice a nice cigar. Another question I wanted to ask you, and I actually noticed one of the customers that you came in today had a specific cigar they were looking for. If somebody comes in that maybe grew up somewhere else, grew up in the north or whatever, that has a favorite cigar that you don't carry, do you have the ability or the resources to get them that cigar? Yes and no. Yes, yes and no. we probably do, but it needs to be something that we won't sell just one cigar to a customer. Okay, okay I want this A brand of cigar. Can you get it? Yes, we can get it. Are you looking to <coughs> obtain a box? Or are you looking to obtain a single? Right. If you're just looking to obtain a single, then we're not going to invest shelf space to something that might never sell again. Sell again, right. Because right. I imagine people, you know, that come in that, you know, grew up somewhere else or you know, even maybe come from other countries that have enjoyed a cigar and they said, I, I really like X cigar, uh, but I can't find it anywhere. I, I sort of agree with you that you're willing to kind of find it, you know, but there's certainly a cost benefit analysis that has to kind of take place. Like, you know, are we going to spend X amount of dollars to get you one cigar that, you know, we'll never sell ever again? In between myself and Mike, we have, you know, years of experience. So if we cannot get that cigar, you know, we'll show them something that might be comparable. Right. It might be the same blender. We might know it's from the same farm, something like that. Somebody will come in and ask for this and say, well, I don't have that, but he makes this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. That tobacco came from here, so I suggest this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. So you can always try something else that might be within that same wheelhouse.
wheelhouse. I, I didn't even think about that dynamic of, of having the experience to go, well, we don't carry that particular cigar. However, here's something that's very comparable that's, that, you know, that, that's very similar. Uh, case in point, there's a lot of ones that are made strictly for online companies. Right. They're made by certain manufacturers. Let's say A.J. Fernandez. Well, we might not carry that one because strictly it's sold online. But I can show you a wall of other ones that are made from that same blender, owner, farm, right. factory that you might enjoy it's from the same individual. And I love, it's amazing the segue because one of the questions that I was ask you is in the digital world of the internet and Amazon and all of these components, does it trouble you for people to go online and buy these bulk package deals of cigars uh, from manufacturers that they really don't know a whole lot about? They just, you know, they offer great deals and you know, you can get 30 for whatever. You know, I realize as a business owner, you want people to kind of come in and, and indulge and, and, and enjoy. But, you know, has there been an impact business-wise from people electing to sort of go on, do the online product? Sometimes you get what you pay for. You're paying, you know, $30 for 50 cigars or something. It's a cigar, but it might not be that good. That good. So, you know, we get some of those customers that come in there. We'll never see them again. They mm -hmm. are strictly, that's what they go for. That's the price they want to do. And unfortunately, we can't help them on that. We'll point them in another direction on something else to try. Hopefully they'll do that. But at the end of the day, you do have individuals. They're strictly online. They've got a right. price point they want to stay at. And that's it. My quality might not be the same of you, what you we You get have. what you pay for. That's exactly. right. You get what you pay for. I've made the comparison in the past. I always seem to go back to wine for some reason. Where $9 is like the average cost for a bottle of wine. That's what people will spend for a bottle of wine. And unfortunately, when they go into wine shops, large wine shops, I've made the comparison that people don't even, you know, they don't educate themselves on wine. What they look for, they may like a particular style, but they will find the prettiest label, and they will find something that's within their price point, and that's the one they select. So again, you're getting what you pay for. And you know, wine companies have done a great job of making these amazing shiny labels that draw people's eyes and attention to that particular wine. But to me, if you do a little research, and I'm gonna make the comparison with cigars, if you do a little research and you learn some information about product, you can realize that maybe for an extra two or three dollars more, you can really enjoy an amazing product you realize that you now have something much better that you've never experienced before. Cigars are kind of the same way. You do a little research and you learn a little bit about you know, where it comes from. You sort of realize that, you know, maybe I'll spend an extra dollar or two and try something new that's, you know, save your life. That, that's a component. Explore new taste. Sometimes it may be a dollar or two less. Try something new. And, you know, you have cigars that are obviously priced from different dimensions. Do you really see sort of a price point that people really sort of stick to? That also is in demographics. Right. What our price point here, magical price point, for the most part, customers, they're probably around the, let's say, $10 price point. Right. Things above that, we do sell. We sell quite a bit. So for us, magic price point would probably be around $10. $10. Even though we sell everything, a Roz, uh uh, one would be like say 250 we go all the way up to say a Cohiba which is $40 a cigar right. so we have everything to fit in between that but for our area here I would say the magic price point is right around $10, right around $10 for a cigar that seems about right and, you know you, you have the $5 bin with the cigar that I'm smoking it's been a, an hour and a half or so since I've been here and I'm still working on the same cigar and you know, I, I, it's a great tasting cigar, and I love it. Kind of going back a little bit to the Scars for Warriors thing, how can people connect? Not only, you know, obviously I want them to connect with Rosas to come out and, you know, get a cigar and enjoy the, the great atmosphere that you have here, uh, but from the Scars for Warrior aspect of it. If people wanted to donate, if people wanted to commit time and, and resources, 
you know, how does it work? I, I noticed there's a pile on the floor on the other side of the room over here of packages from all over the place that you've received donated cigars. Obviously, that's a, a resource people can use, right? Right. Individuals donate, cigar shops donate, events donate. Uh, we have across country what's called event coordinators. They go and volunteer their time and go to events. Maybe they're at Sturgis. Maybe they're wherever. They're collecting uh, finances or cigars for Cigars for Warriors. Because like I said earlier, uh, people think, oh, the money we use to buy cigars. No, we don't buy cigars. Everything right. is donated to us. The money we use predominantly is the postage shipping to them. Right. Or it's uh, brochures or buttons or pins or something like that. That's what we use that tax-deductible donated finances for. So they can go on our website, cigarswarriors.org, and I believe there's a PayPal link, and they can make a tax-deductible donation, and that we use to ship the care packages out to. Right. And in this cautious community, in this cautious world, people are always concerned, like, you know, where is my money going to? It sounds like, you know, and I'll let you kind of talk about it, reassure them that there is no corporate finance, you know, there's no higher-end CEO that's generating in income. The money you're creating is going for, you know, the veterans that are abroad. Yeah, uh, I'll give you the uh, information on that. There's an organization called GuideStar. What they strictly do is they rate nonprofit organizations, whatever it may be. Very, very few, I think it's .05 or something along that line, get to the level of what's called platinum for transparency. That's where Cigars for Warriors wow. sits. We're at the highest level for transparency for a nonprofit organization. That is amazing information. I was not even aware of, of that resource or that dynamic, and that should assuage a lot of concerns people have. Like if they're if they're committing the resources, the the, the charitable donation, the tax write-off donation, as a charity organization, a 5013C, they know that whatever they're investing, whether it's the cigars or the finances, it's going towards the cause specifically. And then also, uh, we're probably one of the few organizations, I can't say that or not, but our members, our volunteers in here, do not collect a salary. We have nobody within our organization that collects a salary. Our CEO doesn't make a dime wow. for what he does on it. That's so it's volunteers. That's unbelievable. Um, that, I mean, to me, that's, that is the antithesis of what my podcast or what this show is all about, is realizing that people are giving up time and energy and resources not to better themselves financially, but to better the community. And community, as I talked about in the beginning of the podcast, that community dynamic doesn't matter where you are. Marion County, Florida, you know, South Florida, Ohio, you know, Texas, wherever. There are organizations, if you do a little research, commit a little time, a little energy, that are giving back to locally or giving back to those abroad, uh, the veterans abroad. We sort of left off with kind of the conversation about, you know, the shipping of the, of the cigars. And I know you have some sponsorships for um, people that provide, you know, you know, educate me again. You know. Bovida. Bovida makes a humidity packet. Originally, years ago, Bovida started out with humidity packets for instruments. Right. It would go in there. Then they moved on to cigars. They also cover another aspect, which is for the uh, uh, states that have uh, legal marijuana. They do uh, humidification for that also. But uh, they also cover a large portion of cigars. Most cigars that come in from manufacturers now have a Bovida humidity packet in them because it's such a great product that controls in and out. Uh, nonetheless, they provide all the humidity packets for us. So this goes into the Ziploc bag with the 25 cigars. So when it gets over to the troops, which could be three weeks, four weeks later, these cigars are still at about 70% humidity. Wow, that's unbelievable, unbelievable. Robert, I love having a conversation with you. Roz has been a home for me. I come here and enjoy a good cigar, and I love the fact that we can have a conversation and certainly hope we can have another conversation at some other point. Um, 
you know, I, I know it's important to me to get people to realize that, you know, my passion of getting people to support local covers all of the dynamics of, you know, the local restaurant. Actually, I had a conversation, you know, off air with, a, with one of the customers that's here. You know, we we're talking about local restaurants and, you know, we had this huge conversation about now more than ever is the is the need to support local uh, especially with covid you know the elephant in the room i like to call it of covid you guys were closed for a few weeks because of the covid concern you're now back open and operational and doing all the things that you need to do you know and i realized that the time you were closed you know was an impact lost those weeks that you know you hopefully you get an opportunity to kind of recover and uh, i know you have a great clientele base of regulars if that's what you want to call them but certainly i want to encourage people to you know to come out and sort of see what you have available take a walk around, have a conversation with you, and you know, you're obviously educated in the world of cigars, here's my advice, try a real cigar. Real quick, you know, resources, tools, guidance, um, places that people need to go to, uh, if you wanna talk about Raza's and the Cigars for Warriors, kind of open mic to, for the, to let you sort of talk about how they can connect with you guys, not only for Raza's, but also with uh, Cigars for Warriors. Uh, if you just wanna come in and make a donation, we have a cash box up front, all that cash goes in there, goes strictly into account to sending care packages out. So if you want to make a financial donation for the care packages, we'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, if you just want to come and say hi, maybe you don't know about uh, cigars, just like wine or something like that, we can open your eyes. Maybe it's something you'd like to try, maybe not, but you, know, you can come in and see what Raz's Cigars Emporium is like. We've been here for about seven and a half years now established. Um, we have uh, a good selection. We're one of the few places that also caters in pipes, right. traditional old school pipes, the pipe tobacco, things like that. We don't have anything in the shop that goes along like vaping or anything like that. Right. That's other shops that deal with that. We're traditional old school tobacconists. Right. And we talked about pipes before, um, about you know, some people love them uh, to me. And you and I share the mindset that there's just a lot of work. <laughs> you know, it's more work. I, I'm simple. I want cut, light, done. That's yeah. what a cigar pipe is. Pipe you got to keep packing and fiddling with and lighting and whatever. And you know, those who love a, a good smoke on a pipe, more power to you. But like I said, it's to me, it's a lot of work. You want to talk about some of the some of the crew and some of the things that you do here on certain nights of the week? Uh, we have a great bunch of customers here. Really do since day one. Uh, they call themselves Roz's Monday Night Crew. They're here Monday and Friday, maybe some other nights of the week also. About a dozen guys. Uh, so great that they've been assisting myself in making the uh, Cigars Warriors care packages for the past, oh, five years now. It started actually when we spoke earlier about 100,000 cigars being delivered at one time. Right. Needed a little assistance on oh, that. Yeah. They came over to the house and helped pack everything away. So basically for the past uh, five years, once a week, we get together and create the care packages, bring them to the post office and ship them out to the troops. So they're here two nights a week. Customers, they do like round robin on food here once right. a week. So it's a great core clientele that we have here since day one. Pretty much all the customers here. It's a really laid back environment right. here at Roz's. Might be different than other places. Maybe they have a bar there or something like that. We don't have a bar. Right. We're more laid back, man cave style, if you will. Right. Uh, you got a pool table, so people right. can enjoy a good game of pool. and big screen TV and you know you can sit and relax in a very comfortable environment uh, you do sell beer so you well, we sell beer. beer we don't have full bar so we don't yeah. do our hard alcohol hard, yeah. got an espresso machine back there a coffee maker back there right. soft drinks 
Uh, we get a lot of uh, business people during the day that come here and enjoy right. a cigar, and we have the Wi-Fi so they can do their uh, business dealings and right. then uh, go on. Yep. Sit in a nice comfy chair and sit in the AC and, and enjoy a nice cigar and talk to Robert, uh, talk to Mike if he's here about, you know, they will certainly educate you on what good options are, what you have. You're certainly welcome to buy and indulge. Robert, it's been such a pleasure having this conversation with you. Uh, hopefully we can get a chance to talk at any other time. You know, hopefully you've enjoyed it, and I have certainly enjoyed it. I love this place. I love coming here to have a nice cigar and just relax and, you know, savor life. To me, that mindset is very simple. Enjoy the pleasures of life. Uh, support local. Get involved. Find an organization that you can become involved with. Cigars for Warriors is easy. Even a small donation helps. Uh, a few dollars here, a donation there. Connect with others. Uh, you're supporting the veterans and you're also supporting local as well. To me, that's ultimately is what is important. Savor life. The show, the radio show, the podcast is three components. We're going to learn new things. We certainly have learned some new things today. I learned more about cigars than I was even aware of uh, on my own. Explore some new tastes and, and certainly we've done that as well. And of course, support local. This is what I do. This is what I love to do. You've been very gracious to give me the time here. You know, we're, we're at Raza's Cigar and you know, we're, you're open. So it's, you know, there's, you know, you have things to do and you've been willing to kind of give me a, 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 an hour or so out of your time to talk. Give me the opportunity to learn some new things and uh, you know, I, I'm so appreciative and so grateful of it. And, you know, I love the fact that I can mention Raza Cigar Emporium when I talk about the podcast on other shows because I know that you've been very supportive of me. Um, any last words, any last thoughts that you want to kind of mention before I close it out? No, not at all. We definitely appreciate, because of COVID and everything that's going on now, uh, Scars for Warriors mostly lives on the events that are going on across the country. Right now, all of those are canceled. So the finances that we normally get are just not there right now. So any type of a donation that somebody could do, we greatly appreciate it. And uh, you can go on Facebook, you can go on Instagram, you can go on Twitter and see anything of that for Cigars for Warriors. On the Rosda Cigar Emporium side, we are here Monday through Saturday from 10 to 7. Sat or Sunday we're here from noon to 4. Uh, we generally post if there's anything going on, if there's any new product we might have, if you look us up on Facebook, we will post something on there on Raza's Cigar Emporium. And that's R-O-Z apostrophe S, Raza's Cigar Emporium, here on the west side of Ocala, uh, near on top of the world. Um, a great place to just come and relax. I know people that, that love this place, as do I. If you want to just come in and just, you know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll figure out a time to um, do some kind of meet and greet with the Banana Foodie fans, and we'll just come out and, and enjoy a cigar, and we can hang out and just, you know, just chat. Um, my 50th birthday is coming up. I've already talked to Matthew at Fishhawk about maybe doing something there, and maybe we can just kind of make it a whole big day of it to just enjoy a nice cigar and uh, a nice spirit at, at Matthew's, and, and we'll do a little bit of everything. Savor life. I, savor life. Savor life. I can't say it. I can't express it enough. It's so important to me that people realize that dynamic. Um, get involved. Get active in the community. Uh, support local in every dynamic that you possibly can and realize that every community that you live in no matter where it happens to be is full of these amazing individuals uh, like robert who, who gives time and energy to support a veterans cause like local chefs local artists local actors local musicians that need your love need your support more now more than any savor life i am passionate about and i'm grateful to have such great great guests that want to talk about the things that they are passionate about as well again this is savor life i am your host the banana foodie you can find me on social media the banana foodie on facebook banana foodie 63 on instagram that's banana foodie the number 63 on instagram 63 is the number of course for the uss missouri the ship that i served on the battleship missouri so i, I give some love to that as well 
And uh, certainly you can find Raza Cigar Emporium on social media sites as well, cigarsforwarriors.org, if you want to just find any information about and certainly if you want to donate as well. This has been Savor Life. I am your host, The Banana Foodie, encouraging you to get out, get involved, get active, try new things, explore new tastes, learn new things, and, of course, savor life. <laughs>